Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Look, we had the we had the craziest day, but it's cool because the topic we have tonight it plays right in. Like we shot the the Uproar Podcast twice today, and it didn't record both times. And then on top of that, youth gets canceled. We've had some crazy services lately. Look, I want to promise you, I want to challenge you. If you haven't been in a while, the doors are wide open. We want to have you here. We love you, man. We care about you. We want to see you successful in life and in Jesus. So the doors are wide open. You don't have to feel awkward that you haven't been. We've all gone through seasons where we weren't the best person in the world. And we're so thankful that the, the church and, and youth and everyone else welcomed us in. And that's what we want to do for you guys as, as well. But we're just going to get kind of right into this tonight. And I want to challenge you and I want to ask you to share this, tag a friend, do whatever you got to do. But this is the word. And man, we get to, even though it's snowing, we still get to have church tonight. So. I have a couple questions, and we're going to just treat this like a small group real quick. And these guys all love Jesus. They've been serving Jesus for a while, but they're not perfect. And I'm going to ask them some, some questions real quick. The first question is, and um, you guys can jump in and be a little bit transparent. When was the last time you got mad? Not like upset. When was the last time you got mad? <laughs> Emily's got the mic, so... <laughs> <laughs> she said, I don't get mad. Lies. Lies told by Emily. She's going to repent. Uh, she's going to get saved at the end of service tonight. the last time I genuinely got mad. Okay, she can't remember. Um, I got mad yesterday during my final. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. I cannot remember the last time that I was, like, really, really angry but I was upset up. today with the way that some people were driving in the snow because yeah, they just I don't bet. care and they think that they're invincible and they'll just like push you aside and it's like, excuse me, <laughs> I'm trying to like. The joke is that Grace Grace drives like a grandma anyways, yeah. so. But I've never gotten in a car accident. Other than when she scraped I'm, the side of her house with her mirror. Okay, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and different. the mailbox. Okay. <laughs> These guys might be super saved, but they I are super saved. Thirty minutes ago, I could have smashed every piece of recording equipment we have in this. I would have done it with them. We would have tandem thrown every it. Every single piece I was <laughs> gonna throw into throw. the river out behind the building. Yeah, fair, buddy. Um, I mean, I can't say in detail, but you know, I got a little upset the other day about some some things. So yeah, okay. Follow up. We'll just keep coming back this way with it. Why did you get that angry? Um, I got that angry because, you know, certain things were said and So it was words. Yeah, basically, yeah. You got angry about words. Okay, okay. Zach? Because we wasted an hour of our time recording today and, and didn't get to keep any of the bomb content that we put together. That content was amazing. Seriously, you would have been blessed by the Upper Podcast no if doubt. it would have worked. Just we're actually going to put this on the podcast this week. Yeah, <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Mason, why did you get that angry? Uh, because Pastor Chance this was mad long. And it, was, it was no need to be that long. That's he gave us funny. all those papers. Like, I don't even know how I pass. I think he's watching right now. Hello. <laughs> That's good. Okay. I was mostly upset because... Tractor trailers think that they can push you around. No, they can. And, and they did. They really can, right? You're right. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, they just only thought about themselves on the road, and it really made driving a lot harder for the rest of us. Okay, so Grace, were you happy with the outcome that it produced in your life, your anger? Um, no, I wouldn't say happy. Like, did it produce anything positive for you? Mm, no, it actually just distracted me more from the road. Wow. <laughs> 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 All right, Mason, did it produce a, a healthy outcome that you're happy about? Nope. I was actually mad for the rest of the day. Ooh. Dang, okay. Okay, so that owned the rest of your day. Emily can't remember when she got angry because she's super safe. It didn't really produce anything. I wasn't really mad that long. Other than making a decision to buy a new microphone. Yeah, it costs money to get mad. <laughs> yeah, it can. Um, yeah, I didn't really do anything, but I think I handled the situation well. It's good. Based on prior times, you know, I think I handled it well. Awesome. So we're going to kind of keep this discussion based. I'll introduce a little topic, and then we'll get right into a little bit of discussion on it. And we're not going to take a long time. I know attention spans can be really short on Facebook Lives. So real quick, number one, point number one that we're sharing. And our, uh, the message tonight is your, your attitude is your altitude. And the word picture I want to put with this is like a hot air balloon. A hot air balloon will stay grounded with, with ropes attached to it. And that's what they do. It'll be full of air, but they'll attach it to the ground with ropes. And as they're ready to get to have takeoff, they'll start removing ropes so it can go to the altitude that it's been prepared for. And I want to let you know that you, you're, what God has put inside of you is everything you need to go to the place he's called you to. But your emotions and your attitude will determine how quickly you get there or how high you eventually go according to what God has called you to do. The truth is, emotions are not evil unless they're in control. One of my best friends in seventh grade, I watched him get in a downright argument. And it was like, man, I wouldn't argue with his parents. They scare me even to this day. I love them to death. They're the sweetest people. But I, you just know parents like you just don't argue with that parent. Like yeah. the, you just lose. Yeah. And he got mad and he was walking away and he actually punched his door as he was walking away. And I was like, oh my gosh. I, I felt like, have you ever seen the, the gif with uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson where he ripped the door <laughs> off the thing? I was like, that door is smashed. I walked around, and there was a little, little dent in the door. I was like, bro, what are you, some sort of baby? He forgot that it was a steel door that he punched. Like, you lose. And honestly, that's, that's what happens to a lot of us is we get provoked in our emotions or our anger, and we make horrible decisions. But emotions aren't evil unless they're in control. The reality is emotions are from God. God has emotions. God was provoked to anger by people. Jesus wept. Jesus would have felt sorrow for people. He felt compassion for people. But emotions aren't evil unless we allow them to control us because we can only serve one God. Right. And the God we serve is what we obey. And I've seen a lot of people, what they serve is they serve their emotions because that's what they obey. Psalm 119, verse 105, so powerful. It, it says this. It says, your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. So my question for you is really simple. If you're not walking according to the word, what are you walking in? You have to be walking in darkness. And if you're walking in darkness, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's you. If, if you're watching live real quick or if you're listening real quick, 
can you respond and tell us if you've ever stepped on a Lego or kicked the edge of a corner at night in the darkness? Doesn't that hurt? I watched Zach one time walk into the, the to a hitch on the back of a truck. <laughs> that will test your salvation right there. A shin right to a metal post. He didn't cuss. He didn't. But, like, how you feel, get this real quick, get this. If you're taking notes, how you feel is real. But it doesn't have the right to determine your decisions. And if we live living by how we feel, we'll live on a roller coaster our whole lives. So real quick, you guys, can you throw something in on there? How you've helped learn biblically how to defeat your emotions and not be a slave to your emotions, but to obey the word even when things are difficult. Um, I think one way I learned is like, at the end of the day, it's not about how you feel. It's about what the word says because the word is always the truth. Yeah, so, right. I mean, and, and us as humans, our, our emotions go everywhere. We overthink things. Sometimes things are, are as serious as, as we assume they are. But at the end of the day, like, the word never changes. It, it is what it says. So it doesn't matter how about how we feel because the word is always the truth. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's true. Anybody else? Go ahead, Emily. Um, I think every time that I'm, like, angry or have any, like, emotion that isn't very positive i just use the word of god and like for example like if i'm feeling sad then i remember that i have the joy of the lord or something like that like i try to remind myself of those kind of things and i just like always like remind myself that if i am mad it's not even gonna matter in like two weeks from now or it might not even like like matter tomorrow and i'm not gonna steal like i'm not gonna let a moment of anger steal my day or anything like that so mason yeah (laughs) Grace has got something. That's that's good, guys. Yeah. Real good. So you have to learn to make God like your everything, your rock. Like you have to have that mindset where if everything went to crap, if you still have Jesus and you have the ability to tell others about Jesus, everything's okay. <laughs> and um, if you build your house so that your house is like your life, if you build like your house on the rock, which is Jesus – then it's going to withstand when your emotions rise. Um, And you always run to his presence. You always run to his word and just go right back to that. Um, But if you build your house, which is your life again, and you build it on the sand, then when the winds come, when your emotions rise, you're going to fall apart. So you have to make Jesus your rock through awesome times and through the hard times and it makes the hard times a lot easier and your emotions can trust in Jesus that's good that's really good now let's talk about this because you guys all just said that you need to know the word the truth is it's not what you feel it's what you know and if you don't know the word you're gonna always go based on your feelings so how have you guys developed your understanding of the word and built those things and I think that's like practically how do you know the word how have you built that into your life? We'll go Emily and then Zach and Mason. I'm going to make you answer one of these. Um, just the way that I've studied the word is by topics. So, oh, that's like, cool. That's really In cool. the back of your Bible or in the front, wherever it may be, like, there's an index. So, like, for example, like, anger, um, what we're talking about now. Like, you can just go back and see what, like, the Bible says about anger. Or if you need joy, then you can go back and see what it says about joy. So, and just, like, every day, like, take. That's good like one topic and just study it through like what the bible says about it and you learn some pretty good stuff right what i did was like when i read the bible i mean i still do 
<laughs> when I when I read the Bible. But um, <laughs> like when I didn't understand things, I used to like ask questions. Like it's not wrong to ask questions. Yeah. Yep, that's what I did. That's good. That's good. I think the biggest thing that changed it for me was knowing that everything that the Bible has is for me. I don't just get pieces of it. Yeah. Everything that Jesus has promised was for me. That's good. And no matter what the Bible says, I am what the Bible says. So, yeah. and you like one of the biggest things was not making the Bible an ethereal thing, like not making it, uh, you know, like well maybe it could be true or, or maybe it's no, not. It maybe is. this is what it meant instead of how it reads. No, I to learn to take the Bible yeah. at what it says. When it says He will make you the head and never the tail, know that. That doesn't mean sometimes or 80% of the time. Right, that means right, right, you're right. always going to be the head and you're never going to be the tail. And you have to know to stand on that. Like what Grace said, you know, sometimes when you run into tough situations, you have to know that I'm not going to come out of this, you know, yeah. in second place because I'm always the head and just standing on the promise. Right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And here's the crazy thing is negative emotions will happen. Yeah. But what do you do with them? Because when you don't have a maturity that trumps your emotions or maturity that goes over top of your emotions, what happens is you're bound by those emotions. They'll actually keep you almost in a prison of themselves or they'll keep you grounded mm -hmm. like those ropes to a hot air balloon. So what I found is any negative emotion, I think you should challenge it. Yeah. And you need to find what, what, what is the root of this negative emotion. If it's fear... Okay, where does fear come from? It comes from the enemy. So if you're facing fear from the enemy, you should challenge that because he's probably trying to keep you at bay yeah, from right. a breakthrough. Yeah, if it's good. depression, where does depression come from? Not from the Lord. And if it comes from the enemy, then heck no, I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to step over it and take what the promises of God are. Stop running from negative emotions because you can't just suppress them and hide them. If you just suppress and hide everything, you're not going to have victory. Right. It'll still be there. You need to challenge things according to the word of God and realize that he's given you the victory over every single negative emotion. Yeah. Now, there's some emotions I'd like to bring up and address. Number one, rebellion is an emotion because it's a decision. Yeah. Rebellion is the attitude of, I, I know better, I am better, I have better, I will do, I will think. I, it doesn't matter what you say. I am the center of it. Yeah. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, it's powerful. Now, the king had just been disobedient to the Lord, and he didn't destroy all of, all of it, but he took some back to give as a sacrifice. And he was being yelled at, rebuked by the prophet Samuel, and the, and the prophet said this. He said, for rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. So that, that attitude of rebellion is literally devil worship. I don't want to worship the devil. I don't know about you guys. It's not a good decision. Also, he continued, said, and stubbornness is as iniquity or sin and idolatry. Look, rebellion is birthed out of idolatry, which is taking God out of his rightful place in the center and placing us where God belongs. And when we do that, what we've created is we've put our own rope on the air balloon and we can't go anywhere. Because we've allowed rebellion to be the emotion and rebellion to be the God of our life yeah. instead of God to actually be God. Right. We need to challenge rebellion because if we live in rebellion, we will not be actually living as God is our God. We are our God. And if we are our God, there is no heaven for us, right. which is terrifying. The next one is fear. Now, I looked up fear. 
And uh, I looked up some funny phobias because people are scared of some funny things. Yeah. There is actually a fear called phobophobia, which is the, the fear of having a fear. <laughs> you realize they had to bring some science into fear of fear, which is like ridiculous, isn't it? Here's a fear that's actually real. Um, and I, I, I think it's, it's funny. Um, it's called pentherophobia. It's the fear of your mother-in-law. <laughs> And I don't know if you'll ever experience that in life. I pray you don't have to. I pray you have the best in-laws ever. But some people fear the most ridiculous things. Psalm chapter 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why, though? Because you, God, is with me. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says it like this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, fear is a prison. I don't remember the name of the movie, but there was a, a, a movie with a bunch of uh, like kind of nerdy kids who played baseball. And the one kid's dad was rich, so he, he bought him like a van. And they, didn't, they, they traveled around and played a bunch of other teams. But there was one guy who was scared of the sun. Oh, I remember and he hid in the closet. So he'd like crack, he was like albino o mice. Bench warmers. He, dude was like albino because he was scared of the sun and he would like peek out barely and throw like throw out his water bottle so it could get filled up. That's what we look like when we live in fear. Like when we understand the power of God, there's no fear that can overcome us and what God has for us. What do you guys think about that? Tell me, talk to me about fear real quick and how you overcame fear or how you've seen other people overcome fear. What you think that looks like biblically? Um, I think a lot of fear stems from, like, insecurity. Usually it's something that you're insecure in is what you fear. So, like, people That's good. will fear, like, um, like public speaking. They're usually insecure of they don't know enough or people will think something about them. So I think that's where a lot of fear comes from is from insecurity. But in the words, uh, it, it, God tells us, you know, we shouldn't be insecure by stuff. He uplifts us. He calls us, you know, multiple things, you know, more than conquerors and, you know, sons and daughters and, you know, uh, royal priesthood, all stuff like that. So I think um, the root of fear in a lot of cases is insecurity. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. You know, I, I look at what people in the Bible were able to accomplish or what they were able to get when they overlooked fear or when they stepped past fear, right? So I was looking earlier this morning at the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Right. So if you want to look at a good picture of what attitude is going to get you, think about all the people that were surrounding Jesus. There is no way that that many people yeah. could have been, the Bible said they were thronging him, that they could have been around him and that the only person who had a need was her. Right. There's no way that she was the only one that had a need. But when she had a different attitude than everybody else, and I like that the Bible lays it out for us, it says she had already spent all her money on doctors and everything else everything. to try and solve yep. the problem she had. So that means that when she got into the crowd, she had no other choice but to believe that Jesus was going to take care of the problem because she already tried everything else. Yeah. So when she walked in there, she had the attitude of this is going to fix my problem. But I think too many times we're like the people in the crowd where we'll say, you know, if Jesus shows up, then it'll solve my problem. But if he doesn't, I'll have to take care of it on my own. Right. As soon as you have that attitude, you can basically rest assured of the fact that just follow through with plan B. If you're not going to have faith that he's going to handle it, then just move on to right. plan B. That's not faith at all. But it, think about the fear that she must have had to go out in public, unclean, to push through a crowd of people right. to get what she wanted. But she overcame fear, and she yep. had an attitude of faith, which got her exactly what she needed it's to true. do. true. Yeah, that's true. It's good. You have to overcome fear. We're going to go to this side next. Um, but 
anger. Anger's, anger's an, an attitude that will destroy the altitude we can touch. Anger is something we have to really start to bring maturity in over our emotions. Psalm 4 verse 4 says it like this. It says, be angry and do not sin on your bed. Reflect in your heart and be still. Look, the sin is not anger, it's what you do in your anger. I've seen some people so drunk in anger that they, they turn into like the incredible Hulk, destroying anyone, anything in, in their path. You can't be drunk with anger. And when you do that, really, you're going to destroy yourself. I was telling the interns last week on Thursday, it, 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 the reality is, as a leader, you can recover from almost anything except for an outburst of anger. Because you never know when someone else is going to freak out, and you don't know what they're going to do when they freak out. Anger is absolutely a terrifying thing, and it will destroy us. It will destroy our relationships, and it, 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 it puts a lid on where we can go. That is a heavy rope if, you, if we're talking about air, hot air balloons. What do you guys think about anger? She passed it on. <laughs> Emily doesn't think, apparently. That's mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop. Go ahead. Talk. Talk to us about anger, Mason. Mm, I mean, like if you're she angry, used to be an she used to be an internet bully, so I'm sure she can. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure bad. she can help us mm, with this. Dang. It's like, um, well. Put out the if skeletons. You're angry. Angry. <laughs> we could talk about anger next. That's right. real. <laughs> That's an emotion. Angry at a person. The Bible says that you need to go to the person one on one. Yeah. And talk to them about them. Yeah. And if they don't listen the first Matthew time 18. or yeah, Matthew eighteen. Fifteen through You bring a witness. Yeah. Not like somebody that's gonna gang up on them and if they don't listen again, you bring it in front of the church, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep, so And if what if they don't listen to the church? The Bible says, treat them like a pagan or a tax collector. Yep, you better treat them like a pagan <laughs> or a tax like collector. Treat them like the IRS. <laughs> Yeah. No one Love likes the, the IRS. IRS. <laughs> <laughs> this is live. They saw it. <laughs> She's not getting any refund check this year. <laughs> so if you live in anger, you're living a life out of control. Because yeah. That's like Pastor Cody said, that's rebellion. And one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Yeah. So Teach if that, we want to have the fruits of the spirit, how do we get the fruits of the spirit? Well... You can't get the fruits of the Spirit, first of all, if you're not in communion with the Spirit, which is spending time with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's a very real thing. Well, <laughs> he's Actually, he's not a thing. Sorry, Holy Spirit. He's <laughs> a he. <laughs> okay? So Let's if you're go. not spending time with the Holy Spirit, then he's not really controlling your life. Then your anger that can turn into sin is really controlling your life. So yeah. it just goes to, you know, who, who's your God? Is well, it God or is it your anger? Well, who's in control? Yeah, <laughs> that's a word. I love this next one. Honestly, I'm going to let Zach segue this because we this was like we spent we parked our car on sadness um, <laughs> on the podcast that didn't save. So I hate the sadness topic because I hate what it grows into. Yeah. Anytime you have sadness that's unchecked it automatically grows into depression and anxiety yeah. and all these things that I see attacking people that are in the age group of high school kids. I see it attacking you. I see it. It's, help, it's causing you to make decisions you would never make. And the Bible says that weeping may endure for one night. So we know that there's going to be things in your life that are going to be sad. We know that there's going to be things that are gonna, you're going to have to get through and you're going to have to overcome. 
But if you have them sticking around for more than one night, they've overstayed their welcome. And you need to get it in check because anything that lasts longer than one night and grows into depression is now you're dealing with the spirit of depression. And we see all these things. You know, depression drives me nuts because depression is an open door for all these other things. It's an open door for sickness. It's an open door for poverty. It's an open door for lack. You're never going to see a depressed person that's in perfect health because they've allowed themselves to become depressed. And it's so crazy to see how people get wrapped up in it now. They'll come into depression, and then you see people, they're sad, they can't get out, they yeah. say, oh, I can't get out of this. But then you look at them, and they're at their house with the blinds pulled, watching sad movies, listening to depressing music. You're feeding into that. I heard a guy this morning, he was preaching, and he said, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's no room for anything else. But think about that in the retrospect. That means that if you come into depression and you're feeding that depression That's with good. sad music, sad movies, Ugh, all yeah. these depressing thoughts, the Holy Spirit's not – he's a gentleman. He's not going to impose yeah. himself on you. So if you're forcing all these things into your body, all you're doing is pushing the Holy Spirit out. And when you push him out, that's when it opens the door for yeah. the devil to come in and tell you, are you sure, are you sure you're really healed? Are you sure that you're really blessed? I think that you, you maybe you were feeling sick earlier today. That's where all these things right. start coming into your head. And we've seen it even grow to the thoughts of suicide. And there's nothing in this world that has got me more frustrated right now yeah, than the seriously. thought of depression and anxiety against the high school and college age kids. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if there's something that you're struggling with with depression, you need to pause this live video. You need to take control of it's this true. thing. Yeah. You need to grab hold of yourself and expel whatever it is out of your life. You need to pray that Jesus will deliver you from yes, it. You right need now. to cast that demon off of your life. Yep. It's nothing to play with. It's not just a phase you're going through in life. It's not time to just, you know, I need my time to no. get over it. No, you need to cast it off your life now before you allow it to take root yep. and grow into something that's going to change the course of your life it's forever. True. And it's prolonged sadness. Look, yep. being sad for a night's not a bad thing. Like, when my grandma passed away six years, I was sad. It's yeah. natural. It's normal. You're going to miss them. The issue is when you allow that prolonged sadness to yeah. remain in your heart, is what it does is it, it, it allows your emotions to come over top of your maturity, and it doesn't let you go to a new place. There's a season for it. I, I love Psalm 30, verse 11. It says, you have turned my mourning into dancing. Yeah. You have taken off my sackcloth, which was a sign of depression and sadness yeah. in the Bible, and clothed me with joy. That my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Yeah. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Prolonged sadness opens the door for the spirit of heaviness and depression. It opens the door for anxiety. It opens the door for everything else with that. I am so sick of depression and suicide yeah. in this Come generation. On. It has no right and no place. But when you allow sadness to take a harbor in your heart, it will park, it will unload, and unleash everything that it has. But the truth is, there's no way to get out of depression with 12 steps of thinking yourself yeah, happy. Yeah, come on. Paul said he thinks himself happy, but he wasn't talking about depression. Yeah, it was right. about sadness and situations. Can I tell you, the only way to get rid of depression is to cast that devil off. Yeah. And you can do it, or you can reach out to one of us or a leader and get free right now. But the issue is, too many people, they try to take steps towards out of their depression and it won't happen. You cast off demons and you disciple the flesh. Yeah. You There's a difference. If it's spiritual, it needs to be bound spiritually. If it's 
physical, if it's something inside of your heart, it needs to be disciplined out according to the word. Stop blaming all your problems on the devil and stop trying to take responsibility of what the devil's put on you. You need to find freedom either way. And it takes a maturity and it also takes a decision to get free of it. What I've learned is that our attitude and our maturity towards our attitudes, it reveals what we really believe. See, if you're bound by emotions, it believes you, you're saying you believe your emotions more than the word. Mm-hmm. The truth is, where you look is where you will go. Yeah. Look, if you only look at sadness, you only look at fear, you only look at doubt, you only look at anger, that's where you're going to go. Yeah. Zach said earlier, you're going to turn into what you eat. <laughs> look. Yeah. You are what you eat. You are where you look. I was driving my motorcycle when I was 19. No one told me where you look is where you go. Can I tell you, I smacked a man right between his eyes driving his Grand Cherokee because I made eye contact and I never broke it. Take your eyes off of anger and depression and suicide and the emotions that are ruling your life and turn them to Jesus. Inside of Jesus is the freedom. Inside of Jesus is what you need. Turn your eyes to the word. Turn your eyes off of the world and into the word. Turn your eyes off of that music and onto Jesus. Turn your eyes off of the thoughts and onto Jesus. Off of the social media and onto Jesus. Off of the lack of acceptance and onto Jesus. Whatever you're looking for inside of those emotions, Jesus has provided to you through relationship and you'll never be able to sustain them outside of that relationship but what I've seen people do is they start to dumb down their expectations of God based upon their past experiences just because what happened in the past doesn't mean that will happen in the future it's not true we need to place our expectations on the word of God and the word of God only It doesn't matter that every single person you know is going through depression. What matters is God has promised you joy. It doesn't matter that the past experiences happened. It matters what God has promised for your future. And when we start to allow what we've had happen in the past to shape our faith or our expectations of what God can and will do for us, that's when we start to die in our relationship with God. Because we're not actually engaging with God, we're engaging with our emotions on the situations. And when we can separate our emotions and realize that our emotions are not a truth, but they're an indication of where we stand. There's a big difference. Where you stand might be your reality, but where you stand might not be the actual truth of what God has for you. We need to stand in the truth of God, the word of God, the freedom that God has paid for, and come to a place of maturity that says, even though I feel this, even though this is going on, I'll celebrate inside of Jesus and what he's done. Think think about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. These men were beaten and imprisoned for doing things for Jesus. And they could have, realistically, they could have been like, well, we're in prison because we serve God. This is stupid and I'm done. They could have been in prison like, well, this is foolishness. I got beat and I'm mad and I'm going to be mad all night. Well, I'm in prison. What's going to happen? They could have started having fear and doubt. What's going to happen? They're going to kill us like they killed Jesus. And that's what people's lives turn into. Just a big, a big cry fest. But you know what they did? They didn't cry about it. They didn't have what our pastor is called stinking thinking. They didn't allow this crappy attitude to come into their life. 
they took control of it. And what they did is they started to praise God at midnight. They started to sing hymns. And the other prisoners could hear them. You know what the world is doing while they're watching you through this situation? They're watching to see how you react. Because how you react is what you actually believe about Jesus. And when you react inside of the word and not like the world will react, you get the results of the world, the word, and the world takes notice of the results that God brings. And when they started to praise, what happened is it, it, God sent an earthquake and the walls fell, the chains fell, and they were set free. Can I tell you, when you're bound by your emotions, there's no freedom, but when you're bound by praise and when you're bound by an attitude that I'm going to serve God, I'm going to proclaim God's goodness, I'm not going to be bound by what I'm feeling, but I'm bound by the promises of God and his word, and that's what I'll, I'll enact, there's a freedom that comes alongside of it. And that's what we need in life. Uh, life. We need that freedom inside of it. We can't just stay bound by what everybody else has because we have a different promise and we have a different guy that's given us the promise. The Bible says that God cannot lie because he's not like man. Yeah. The truth is, you can be the smartest person, but your crappy attitude will keep you bound at a low altitude. Yeah. You can be the most gifted person, but your attitude can keep you yeah, bound at a low altitude. You can even be the most anointed person in the world, but your attitude will keep you bound. You can be, did I say the smartest? You can be the best athlete, but your attitude will keep you bound to, to a low altitude. But on the flip side, you can be an average student, you can have an average IQ, be an average athlete, be an average worker, but if your attitude is different, you can go to the altitudes that God has given you. Honestly, your attitude will, will be a, a deal breaker for your relationship with Jesus because your attitude shows how you believe what God has promised you or not. I want to encourage you today, tonight, to take control of your attitude. And you know what? Your attitude is a decision that you make every single day. Some people say, oh, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, shut your eyes and roll over and decide to wake up on the other side. Well, I, I'm just upset about the situation. Well, decide to stop being upset about it and, and figure out how to fix it. Our pastor says this, your problem is not your problem, it's what you do with the problem. Stop being so bound by what had happened and start being bound by the promises. Make a decision today that you're not going to be ruled by your emotions. Not that the emotions aren't real, because they're real. But you won't be ruled by the emotions, but you'll be ruled by God and his word. And that's where you'll start to see real freedom in your life. Every single one of us, that's where we've started to find more freedom in our life, that we're not bound by what we feel, but we're bound by what we know in the word of God. Maybe you need to read the word more. Maybe you need to start to study. Maybe you need to pray. Maybe you need freedom in your life. I don't know what it is that you personally need watching this, but what I do know is Jesus has provided it, and Jesus wants to bring it to you. Today, if you don't know Jesus, can I tell you, he's everything that you're looking for. What you've been doing, and the best word picture I have is what you've been trying to do is fill an empty void with something that was never designed to fill it. It's like trying to fill hunger with Chinese food. It might last for a minute, but you're hungry in 30 minutes. Personal experience. Can I tell you the truth is what you're looking for, his name is Jesus. He loves you. 
He left heaven to live on this earth for 33 years without sin, with, with temptation, with persecution, with ridicule. He, even from his, his own hometown, from the religious leaders that he came to save. And what happened is they rejected him so much that they crucified him on a cross. When they crucified him on that cross, he went to the cross willingly giving up his life as a sacrifice for us. To take our sins, to take the penalty that we should have. And to bring freedom to us. And he, he experienced death. And after he experienced that death, he didn't remain in the grave like these other false, these other false religions. On, on the third day, he rose from the grave. And now he's sitting at the right hand of God, sitting with all authority over every emotion, every issue, every problem, and all sin in your life. And all he's saying is, I, I died for you because I desire relationship with you, and I want to bring freedom to your life. And if that's you, and you don't have that freedom, you don't have that relationship, or maybe you've walked away, even right now you can come to know Jesus. I'd encourage you in the comment section right now, if you don't serve Jesus, can you just type amen? Say, I, I want to know this Jesus. And we're going to say a prayer in just a second. And after we say this prayer, I want you to say this amen in here because we're going to reach out to you. We don't want to just start you on this journey, this new life. We want to bring you to the fullness of what God has promised. We want to have you at youth. We want to have you at his tabernacle on Sundays because we want to have you experience all that Jesus has for you. And we want you to grow in this relationship, not for a moment of freedom, but for an eternity of freedom and a lifetime of freedom here on earth. So if that's you, go ahead and type that amen. And go ahead and just repeat this prayer with me. Everybody watching, let's just go ahead and say this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you tonight. Lord, I come to you with my sin. I come to confess them. I believe that tonight you are the Savior of the world. That you died on the cross. And you rose three days later. I declare you. Lord and Savior of my life. I turn my back on sin. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You said that prayer for the first time. Or to return and make and re-solidify that relationship. I want to encourage you, guess what? You're now saved and in the family of heaven. I want to ask you, please, comment on there, because it's serious to us that you grow in this relationship. And we're a family. We, we want to welcome you to this family. We want to welcome you to, to what, what, is, what God is doing here and to the, the best decision you've ever made. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us. We're so sad that we couldn't be here in person tonight, but we're happy for technology that we could at least do this. We love you. Share this video. Tag a friend. Let somebody know what God did in your life at Fall Retreat and run after Jesus. We'd love to see you Sunday morning. We'd love to see you at Equip Groups. And we're, we're, we're so happy that it's Thanksgiving. Post your, post your pictures of your family. But we love you. Have a phenomenal night. And we're signing off. Enjoy. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.